0: Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com Elite. turn this blood, sweat, and tears pour with a little bit of green and You can find me, smoke right behind me. Two lanes and a finish line, that groove is just covered the
1: soul.
2: Wild Willie Fuel has partnered with the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast to offer you, the racer, 20% off when you use the promo code LUKE, L-U-K-E, at checkout. Now, Wild Willie Fuel is the industry-leading manufacturer of professional fuel scent and top loop. They have over 60 unique fuel scents. Wild Willie has just the products you need. To set yourself apart from the competition. Everybody wants that good smell. They got from the industry's number one selling scent, (laughs) Ex-Girlfriend. How cool is that? To the brand new fragrance, Fruit Loops. Love me some Fruit Loops. You are sure to find something that fits your personality. Over 60 unique scents. Surely you'll find something in there. Now, Wild Willie fuel fragrances can be used in race gas, methanol, ethanol, diesel, or pump gas. You can put it in all different kinds of fuels. they their sensors are compatible with carburetors, fuel injectors, O2 sensors, and catalytic converters. So stop by and check them out at www.wildwillyfuel.com. And don't forget to use the promo code LUKE, L-U-K-E, to save 20% today.
0: BTE builds products that you can depend on, whether it's a complete power glide transmission, a torque converter for your specific combination, or any related component or bolt-on item. The professionals at BTE and Memphis Performance have what you need to succeed. Shop online at BTEracing.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing
2: Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed Jared Pennington. He's cool hand Luke Bogacki. If you're a regular listener, thank you for your patronage. If you're new, you'll probably catch on soon enough. Our goal is to shed some light on the events, news, and issues in sportsman drag racing and the stars within it. Welcome back to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. Uh, it's uh, just Jed tonight, uh, do flying solo, but do have a, a great guest that i uh, really been trying to catch up with now for a little while. and have a discussion with and it's just a a, uh quite an incredible story and and can't wait to hear him tell it got don o'neill with us tonight um don is at the uh, derby city 50k trying to do some racing he carved out a little time for us and don thank you so much for for giving us a a little bit of your time tonight i know it's hard to come by and we certainly appreciate you being willing to come on the show and, and talk to us a little bit
1: Jed, my friend, it's absolutely my pleasure. As I'm sitting here looking at Nellie, she's looking at me. um, I can't, uh, there's a lot of things I think I could probably be doing on a Thursday evening, but for me and uh, her and and our little circle, I can't think of uh, anything else that I would rather be doing than giving you a little bit of time to uh, have a conversation with you about what's been going on in our world. (laughs) <laughs> well,
2: we certainly appreciate that. It sounds like you're having a good time and we're going to enjoy this conversation with you as, as challenging as parts of it could be. So Don, we'll get right to it. And, and to be honest with you, I've struggled with how to begin this interview. You're a racer, you're a, you're a championship racer and you have been for quite a long time. And you know, this show is, is about talking about racing and racers and we enjoy that. However, that doesn't seem like a very important topic tonight. Um, unfortunately, what we're going to talk about tonight is the fact that you lost your best friend, your wife, your crew chief, your, your life partner, and, and so much more to you and others. When Diane Lito O'Neill uh, went home to heaven April 14th at 4.30 p.m., for the last three years or so, you've been Diane's support system Um, but the last year, Don has seemed extremely challenging for you guys, especially for her, but you fought so hard together and as difficult as it might be, um, you know, we, we want to hear you tell us Di's story. So, uh, talk to us a little bit about that and, and I'll, I'll kind of tee you up here and just tell us uh, how you and Di met. I mean, what was, what was the beginning for you guys?
1: Well, Jed, I mean, I I told myself that I was going to try to do my best not to get choked up uh, for this deal. Um, I've done a lot of written – I say a lot. I've done a few written interviews and conversations about Di's story in the past, you know, 60 days since she passed uh, with other writers and so forth, but – um it, this is a little different because I'm actually going to vocalize it. And it's always something different about actually speaking, uh, emotions and, in facts and, and so forth as you go on. And it's not, uh, it's not easy. Um, 2010, uh, I'm going to say in August of 2010, I received orders to move, uh, at that time I was, you know, finishing up. I don't say finishing up. I was, I was on the downhill slide of my Army career uh, to move to Chicago, uh, Illinois, um, from Huntsville, Alabama, you know, where my car's sat in Luke Bogacki's shop. And I lived in Bones and Andy's (laughs) driveway there at the shop in Huntsville, at Huntsville Engine. And that's, you know, that's where me and at that time Snacks, the Pug, that's where we lived at. And we'd, we'd be gone, you know, three or four weeks out of the month or two or three weeks out and we come back and we plug up and, uh, Andy and bones were, were very gracious to take care of us. And I received orders to leave, to go to Chicago, uh, in that August and, and went to, uh, you know, I mean, I actually really, I I hate to say it this way, but like the best month of my, my young racing career at that point and going to Indy in September and, Went, you know, I went to Bogak school, and, and he, he may not. I mean, him and Sean may not take credit for it, but, you know, I went to Bogak school right there in the first part of August and went to Bowling Green, had a really good weekend, and then went to Indy, and, you know, lo and behold, I'm in the finals of the U.S. Nationals in 2010 and and runner-up against T.J., you know, Troy Coughlin Jr. And Yep, uh, I actually had dropped my... You know, paperwork, and they were delivering my uh, household belongings, if you will, uh, the weekend after the U.S. Nationals in 2010. And and shortly after that in Chicago, I had met, um, briefly, I, I must say that, I, I have to start off saying briefly. I briefly met this young woman uh, named Diane, the, the Bishop family, Brad and Bobby Bishop. And their and their dad and grandfather um and uncle or I should say uncle bud there in Lamont we need a place right you know I mean we're racers we need a place yeah. put our we need we need a place to put our junk and that's what I had I mean I've been living on the road for over a year uh in and out of a trailer wherever I could hook up power and get water me and snacks for over a year in uh, Br- I will give credit to this, Brina. Brina Spring-Lair hooked me up with Brad and Bobby Bishop in Lamont, Illinois, in 2010. And they and, and they offered me up, you know, a slice, if you will, of their property in Lamont to park my, my trailer and race car, my digger. And uh, that's what I did. You know, I mean, shortly after running up at the U.S. Nationals, I drove to Chicago and dropped my trailer. And in that time frame, I met this young woman at that time named Diane and her daughters. And, that's, you know, we met in 2010. And uh, come 2011, they met my pug named Smacks at Joliet at the racetrack. And we kind of bonded from a, a standpoint of my daughter, Logan. And her daughter, Emily and Claire, they were kind of relatively close in age. And, you know, I have no problem admitting this. My daughter suffered because I was in the Army and I'm in Chicago. I'm not, I have no one there. I have no family. I have no friends. And Diane took to her from the standpoint that she didn't want to be a girl in Chicago in the summer without friends to go do stuff. And uh, she drugged my daughter to Great uh, or whatever the water park is, Great American, and all over the Shed Aquarium, the Science Museum. Every day she was picking my daughter up and taking her with her kids to wherever. And uh, that was in 2011. And we built a relationship truly from a friendship. And uh, I cannot tell you how significant that that foundation was for Di and I to go through. I mean, our girls, we would turn on, and I mean, I'm really, like, I mean, seriously dating myself. If you remember Miami Beach Toe and Lizard Lick, I mean, these are shows that now our daughters <laughs> would probably go, there's no way we watch that but they did, you know, we were sitting downstairs in Downers Grove in my little one-bedroom flat, um, hacienda, if you will, and we ate pizza and whatever, and we watched these ridiculous shows, and they were great friends, and we grew up, and And I retired from the Army out of Chicago and moved to Evansville, but they, they had the opportunity, and Di did that. Her heart was so big that she didn't want my daughter, Logan, to be without having friends and fun, why her father was working, you know, in the army doing recruiting, going to, you know, I was a medical recruiter, going to Chicago hospitals to recruit doctors and nurses. She did not want Logan to to suffer, and it was a significant thing for me, uh, from the outside, right? Like if you wanted to say, oh, I I I put on a jetpack. And I went to like five thousand foot up and looked down and said, "Okay, well that makes sense you know she's she doesn't need that she deserves more and that was die that was die in two thousand and eleven and is unfortunately it is for me to say that was die three and four weeks after she passed away in twenty twenty one when she had Ordered items and shipped things to people to let them know that they needed that for whether they were having a kid or they had MS or they had cancer or you know, whatever it was. You know, there were so many messages that I got that I didn't, I was not aware of at the end that my wow. wife had ordered things, items to ship to people. And, you know, she's passed and they're going, Hey, I just got a package from your wife and it's, you know, I'm getting ready to have a baby in another two months. And she sent me a baby book. Um, that was die. And it was yeah. died 10 years before she passed away. Uh, and it was die four weeks after she had passed away. And so, um, uh, her and I, uh, she tried, to, I, I have no problem saying this now, she would probably laugh, but she tried to talk me out of dating her, because <laughs> guy had MS. Um, you know, there's, there is no dump truck big enough to talk about the physical and mental impact that multiple sclerosis has on a person. There's just MS, just, it's an invisible disease, and there's no way that 95% of the the human race, the public, can diagnose or judge or pick, oh, that person has MS. They can't walk right. They can't run. They can't exercise. Uh, There's just no way to go through it. And I remember one summer day, being in Chicago and die, I was washing, waxing, and buffing my trailer, my hoopty living quarters trailer <laughs> that Max and I had lived in for for years, and she tried to talk me out of. You really don't want to be with me, because I have these issues, and it's like, are you kidding me? How can you? How can you have that much candor, that much integrity? Uh, that much, just sincere heart to tell somebody. Look, you may be interested in me, but I'm a train wreck, and you really don't you this. You really don't want this. And I I remember distinctively saying I don't mind. Um, and and Luke said it before on your show, uh, which you know I have to make mention. You know, you and Luke made a comment. The week that Diane passed away on your podcast, and I remember being sent a text message that I needed to listen to your podcast, and I had to pull off the side of the road. You guys made me cry um, to the point that I had to sit there for a little while. You know, she was amazing, and for me to look back on the impact that she had Right, You don't want to be with me. Um, and I remember the November day at Soldier Field in Chicago at a Bears game, sitting in the media box and looking at her and going, look, I'm leaving. I'm going to Evansville, Indiana. I'm retiring. I want you to come with me. And her looking at me and saying, no, I'm not leaving Chicago. And you know, for me, I never said another word because I truly understood her her just her commitment to not only kids, but to Chicago, to Lamont, to her cheerleading organization that she was the president of. I knew at that point you cannot take something away. And I understood at that point. And for me to look back now and go, Man, what a ride that I got her to move to Evansville, Indiana, which if, <laughs> if anybody is listening, right? I mean, come on. You pull out a map, a globe, and you go, are you kidding me? Yeah, I'm closer to Kentucky than I am anything else. And she moved here. And it, it took her months, Jed. I mean, it literally took her months to decide okay, yeah, you are, you know, I was, you know, I mean, I was not faking the funk, if you will. I was not giving her, you know, I was not blowing smoke up her ass. Sorry, Mark. I I just, (laughs) I, I, I wasn't. She was just that sincere, significant. She was so pure when it came to the fact that she cared that much about the 300 girls that she was a cheerleading coach for in that organization in Chicago, that she just didn't want to just up and leave them, that they deserved better. They were from broken homes and broken relationships. And she just didn't, she felt like she was leaving them. And it took a long time for her to realize that she was, you know, she was entitled to be happy as well. You know, she didn't, you know, okay, we're both from a, a situation of bad marriages, if you will. And for us to go, okay, you know, we deserve to be happy. And a lot of people in the world today think about that and they worry about it. And it took a long time for her. And I look back and it was the best, I mean, legitimately, hands down. I mean, I'm 48 years old. I'm pushing half a century. I have days that I wake up and go, man, what in the world am I doing? God, you got to send me a signal, a sign, Batman, send me a Jimmy John sandwich. I don't know what it is. But you need to <laughs> you need to send me something to tell me that I'm going in the right direction. And everything that she did, Jed, that she touched turned to gold. There were so many, right. so many. So many charities that she was involved with that never got mentioned on social media. Invisible diseases, MS, anything, Parkinson's, kids. I mean, she had a huge heart for kids. She sent so many things to St. Jude's and anywhere else. If anybody messaged her and was like, you know, my kid has this or my kid has that, she was in. She was all in and she never asked for any kind of credit, you know, spotlight at all. Yeah. She was yeah, in Jed, I mean, dude, I got no problem admitting this. Dude, I'm a freaking train wreck. I mean Luke <laughs> made mention Luke, Luke made mention on the show about me being like going you know, Luke said uh something about, you know, I had been through a lot. Dude, make no mistake about that. That's that's a that's a bet on black situation in Vegas. He's not lying. And I was going to you know, say, Don, I wish I
2: could have been there when when she said you don't want to be with me because I would have told her, darling, look, it's the other way around. Trust me.
1: All right. Okay. So, Jed, <laughs> brother. So, and this is funny. And there's a group of people. Right? They're a small group. There's a group of people that walk down an alley at PRI and I or no, I'm sorry. I apologize. See, I'm gonna get it wrong. She's not even here to smack me. At IMAS show at Indy. And I asked her not once, not not twice, but three times. Like, you know, we really need to get married. And she told me no three times. Three times. Uh, and look, I have no problem admitting this. we I asked you to marry me in the Steak and Shake across the street at P.R. or Dimas at three in the morning. I was like, look, you and I are so, so suited to be together. It's unreal. You, you have not left yet. You're an idiot for not leaving, but you, you, uh, you need, you and I need to be together, um, I am getting a little teary here because I just watched uh watched somebody walk by that was there that night. Um hmm. you know, she uh you know she made me wait. You know, a little bit, but she moved to Evansville, Jed, and she put her, she went all in. She pushed her chips all in and uh I mean, I'm sitting here in a trailer in the LQ that she designed wholeheartedly it was what she wanted how she wanted and uh all i can say is is that i wake up every day and the breath that i take the oxygen that i consume is in hopes that i can do nothing more than keep her legacy and make her proud alive that's all i can do
2: Well, my friend, there's no doubt that 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 is happening at the at the highest of levels. Uh, from a distance, from the outside looking in, you know, it's obvious that Diane was an incredible individual from the outpouring of love that that I've seen coming your way. But also, without trying to blow smoke up your skirt, you guys were an incredible couple. You know, it, it truly, as I researched. Um, a little bit about your relationship and, and the aftermath of her passing. Uh, you and I talked on the phone the other day. You know, it, it was it's extremely emotional for me just from the outside looking in. And, and I wasn't as close to the relationship or the situation as a lot of people. So I can imagine how much, you know, heartbreak there was out there. But you talked about our legacy just now. How does someone leave such a legacy, such an amazing legacy in such a short time, Don? Uh, It wasn't like she was on a huge stage where she had uh, this powerful voice over millions, yet it feels like she's touched everybody that not only knew her, but just had any kind of association with racing or or you or your, your business that you're involved in. It's just an amazing, I mean, you you know, it feels like we all lost someone, although all of us wasn't as close to her. That is just an amazing legacy. How does someone do that in such a short time?
1: Jed, I can honestly tell you that I don't know. Um, I I don't know. I know that, um, you know, that April April 14th day when I made the post uh, that she, you know, was no longer in any pain. Uh, Three o'clock that morning, I received a, a phone call from an executive vice president in Australia, uh, an individual that had met Die one time at PRI, and we had conversations. We've had, you know, just legitimate. It's not like it was long-winded. Uh, we just talked about business and, and so forth, and... You know, he's like, I just got home. I just landed, and I just saw. I didn't tell you. It's you know, they she met somebody for fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, and she impacted them to that point. And wow. that's what she did. Uh, she just she never met a stranger. She never met anybody that was ever. It didn't matter. You were never beneath her. Uh, You were never, in in a way or shape or form, to think that you were behind or better. Or she just she had a smile. She was infectious uh, to her words. Uh, Kids, I I I mean, I've got I've got emails from executive vice presidents of Fortune five hundred companies. Of the fact of she again she met somebody for twenty minutes, fifteen minutes at a at a banquet or a conference, and they loved her. She just she had that heart. She cares about the human race, and I think that's really something that's genuine that a lot of society today doesn't seem to portray. Or exuberate, you know they don't they don't execute from the fact of saying it's I'm beyond this, you know it's because I am a human. You are a human. It doesn't matter what your title is or why it needs you or why you need me. Uh, that was her. That she just that was her. Hey, just all yeah, the way across obvious. the board. Yeah. yeah
2: that that level of of genuine care for people and, and i and I use the word genuine <clears throat> that's that's not very common in people don but it's obvious that die had it um, you know uh any kind of local hero is someone that puts the needs of others in front of their own with no expectation of uh, return, and that to me just really sums her up in a nutshell is that she just seemed to, you know, you could tell she was definitely team Don O'Neill. She definitely (laughs) appeared to want to make everything as easy for you as she possibly could. That's again, from the outside looking in, correct me if I'm wrong, but she seemed to have that for everyone, just a genuine care for everybody and, and what they needed, whether it was words, gifts. Uh, a helping hand, whatever it was. She just seemed that's who she was.
1: And and she was, yeah, and you're not wrong. I remember uh, going, we were testing in the middle of the week with uh, Lindsay Barker and Jeffrey Barker, and it, Barker came over and he was like, hey, Lindsay needs to make a lap, and do you, do you think I would mind watching the kid? And I'm like, no. And Guy's like, what? And I'm like, we watch, you know, watch Barker's kid. He's like, okay. And from, I mean, it's just like, it's done. It's not, she never had a moment. Bogak, I mean, Bogak, I think it was on one of your podcasts like three or four years ago, whatever. He made the comment about everybody won the weekend that Gary hung out in everybody's pit except his. You know, uh, you know I, I laugh and I know Luke and Jess are going to cringe, but Gary came hang out hang out in my pit and he had to go to the bathroom and he dropped trowel right there in the pit. And, and I'm like, cool. <laughs> and Guy looked at me and I was like, what? He's a kid. Let him go. And she's like, she stood there and <laughs> waited. She's like, okay, Gary. You know, I mean, and I have these photos that come up on, on Di's phone, right? Of course, I have her phone. All these memories. And it's like, they are yesterday. And I'm like, sending them to Luke. And I'm like, hey, do you remember this? And it's like, you know, I, she just didn't care about what the status quo was. She cared about the individual in the heart and, and being there and being compassionate. And yeah, she was, you know, I mean, don't not get me wrong. My wife, she worked her ass off to be able to go racing. Uh, her MS, she had the trailer ready to go. If I needed help in the shop, she was there. I, I, she was in. She was all in. And um, I, you know, I cannot ask. I'm not sure that I would ever be able to get that sort of dedication and commitment from anybody whether it be male or female i mean that's a significant thing right you know we're drivers right jed you and i we hold on the steering wheel buckle on the helmet sure and you know we're racing but when we go down the racetrack we've got somebody else involved with us and it's like eh, maybe they're maybe they're you know maybe they're invested but maybe they're not. And she was 2 AM or two o'clock in the afternoon. It didn't matter to her. She was in. And that is something that, you know, I mean, dude, that's just hard to find. That's just hard to find somebody that's that committed to you as an individual. Regardless of the process, they're committed to you. And uh, that's, that's just tough to find.
2: Uh, it's extremely rare, Don. And, and you know, it's to, for someone to be able to give the moment what it needs, regardless of what that is, and do it selflessly. You know, that's just a, a very rare human in our world today. And that's obviously one of the things that that made such an outpouring happen. I mean, just you know she she was a she was a polarizing individual. Um, and again, not not trying to overhype this thing, but you guys as a couple were so incredible. You were you were so inspiring to other couples, you know, that want to just live that life. As I look back, it looked like you took pictures of every. Single moment, and I understand you guys knew there was an end that was premature for for what most people's expectations are in life, so maybe that led to it, but it just looked like a genuine love that really you know I, I want to capture the moment because the moments were so awesome and as a couple, you guys were very inspiring, and you know I don't know how you dealt with Don the the news that this time, this hospital visit, this round of medicine is, is going to be the last. I don't know how you guys dealt with that news, but what I saw out of Di and you, because you were so supportive, you were everything a, a, a husband or a, a spouse should be and then some, but Di was so inspirational till the, till the end, she just seemed like she was enjoying whatever time she had here, whether it was a hundred years or a hundred minutes. It was so inspirational to watch. And I think she has touched people in ways she would never even dream or imagine that she'll never know, but she has inspired people on how you live life to the fullest. And, you know, that, to me is so gratifying and you have to take a lot of pride in not only what you did, but how she handled that, Don.
1: She, um, so we knew this is going to sound horrible. It really is. We were in Charlotte the week that we had went and tested. Um, we had had a horrible off season. I, I we I okay. We had a horrible off season by our expectations. Let's say that we had a horrible off season. We went and tested. It was just dumpster fire. It was not what we expected. It was not the outcomes. And we had to go to Charlotte for the four wives. And she was upset. Uh, she's, you know, and to backtrack into that. So I'm a marketing person. I'm a business person. I'm very ingrained and in tune with things that go on. However, however, my wife died. she had this keen ability of being able to hear like wording or emotion on a conference call or a zoom call or a skype call She could read something about people that i I would miss i I mean there I know right now I have no problem saying it but most executives would not know this, but my wife was on every sponsorship call that I was ever involved with. They just didn't know. And she listened, listened intently. And we would hang up and she's like, nope, that's not what they want. This is what they want. She was involved in everything. And I remember us going to a test session of Bowling Green right before the four wides and her going, this is not going to cut it we have got to do something different we cannot show up at charlotte at the first ngk race and this be what we show up with it's not gonna work and (laughs) i'm like okay all right and and you know i have a conversation with the ownership group and and go to you know go to go to south carolina two days prior to charlotte and going okay we got to test we got to get better um and she was like, Okay, we're good. We can load up now. You know, and on um, side note, you know, you got Jeffrey Barker and Stevie fast Jackson sitting there helping you through the process. Um side note, two of probably the best ever old on the steering wheel. And yep. we you know, we load up on Wednesday evening and pull out of there. And I'm pretty sure that Stevie or Jeffrey, neither one of them, would have taken the bet if you told them, hey, O'Neill's going to win the four wide. But come Sunday afternoon, damn sure what we did. And (laughs) she, you know, she pushed that. Uh, She just, she knew. She just understood. She could hear. It's like she had this keen ability of being able to hear hear what the message was from the people on the other end of the phone about what it was that they wanted and she was she was genuinely my best friend she was right there it had nothing to do with racing she was my partner and she was ingrained she was embedded she was all in she had shoved all her chips in everything that we did. And, um, you know, a couple weeks ago, I found some photos that she had taken of some executives at Charlotte. And I sent it to them. I'm like, did you even know this? And they're like, no. And I'm like, this is, you know, and they they were just raw. They were raw, emotional, tear-flowing. You have no idea what you've invested and you finally get there, you know, and I, I cannot take anything away from the NGK folks. Right. I mean, we won the divisional in St. Louis the year before and her and I cried like I had lost a hundred pounds of water weight at the end of the racetrack uh, at two thirty in the morning. Cause you know, it's, uh uh, Saturday night race, right? You know, and it's 2.30 in the morning and I unkey and I'm lucky and my guy goes red and we ball like babies. But she looked at me when we got back in the pits and she's like, you know what? Who has it better than us? And she was, I mean, she was you know, she was spot on because even though, you know, I might have missed a tree on that run or whatever it was, we had worked so hard to be there. And that's, you know, I know it's not a 10 grand or it's not a 50 grand or it's not a hundred grand or it's not the million or whatever. But on the same playing field, you still work hard. You invest I mean, personal and emotional strength to get into there. And, and it didn't matter, Jed, brother. She was all in 24-7, 18 hours across the country, 24. She didn't care. She got in the truck, had the trailer ready. You strap the car down. Let's go win, Wally. And that's all she cared about. And, uh, yeah. as I, you know, as I sit here and get ready in two weeks to kick off our NHRA chase, I can't think of anything else different than doing exactly what she would expect it to be done.
2: Yeah, it doesn't sound like she'd have it any other way, Don. Um, And, you know, since April 14th, arguably the worst day of your life, you've been consistent on social media um, with your memories, with your thoughts. You've been extremely transparent, which is as refreshing as anything you see on social media. And you're making sure that everyone sees, you know, that, yeah, it was a heartbreaking loss, uh, one that, that no one should ever have to feel, but everyone will at some point. But you're also showing how you move forward in life after that. And I can't help but think that, that dies legacy and time here with you inspired what you're doing in the aftermath of her passing, but how do you get through it every day, Don? I mean, truly, maybe sharing it through your through your network, through your social media page, maybe that helps, but how do you get through it, bud? And I, I'm not trying to, to dig too deep here and, and tear you down by any means, but I think there's an important part of this interview that people need to hear, and that is is definitely a key part.
1: You know, Jed, uh, and and I appreciate you asking the question and and teeing up the way you did. I mean, you know, anybody that knows me knows I lost my dad at a young age, uh, 18, right before I mean, I was in the military and lost my dad. I lost my mom. I lost both sets of my grandparents. Um, I've lost a few people that wore the uniform across the country and across the world. And here it is that I'm, you know, uh, 48 years old and lost my legitimate best friend, soulmate. I, I did. Uh, how do I get through it? <laughs> Man, I'd love to tell you it was really good medication, but that's not what it is. Um, I read a book that was given to me by by uh, actually my owner's mom, uh, J.B. Straussweg, His mom, Alice, gave me a book about eight days after I had lost eye, and it's called Option B. And I would challenge anybody in the world uh, that hears my voice that loses a loved one to read that book. Um, It was good. It totally was. However, it wasn't until the week of Charlotte, which was uh, just a couple weeks ago, that somebody sent me in a message, just a a generic, and it really was, it was kind of a generic PDF file, Jed. And it said, it had an image on it. It said that simple words, I planned on spending the rest of my life with you. However, you spent the rest of your life with me. Oh, wow. And, and it, um, dude, it, man, it hit home. That, at that point, I mean, the book option B talked about, honoring your vows as a husband and wife and that i had done i had so had she we both legitimately did everything that we committed to each other till death do us part and there was nothing there for me to be upset about there was nothing for me to be judged from we her and i both had done everything that we needed to do for each other um However, I'm going to tell you, you know, um, I, was, I was headed on a trajectory, I'm sorry, a trajectory of destruction. I'm sorry if I get a little choked up. Um, oh,
2: understandable, brother.
1: For Charlotte, you know, um, I cannot say enough about Mike Jones, Bruton Smith, Marcus Smith. Their entire leadership team at the Charlotte Motor Speedway, at ZMAX, uh, the NGK team, uh, NHRA. You know the the text messages of "Are you sure you're not coming?" And I'm like, "No, I'm not coming." And Thursday night, when they sent me the picture of the banner of Die on the middle walls at ZMAX of "Do It For Die." And me and her on there holding the wally. And
0: mm.
1: that was tough, you know, and I did everything that I could. She did everything that she could, committed to each other. And I can't I, I guess I can't emphasize enough to people regardless of where you are in your relationships. There is nothing more fulfilling than knowing that the person that you lie beside in bed will take their last breath beside you and willing to do that and anything during the twenty four hour day to to be significant in your life or you in theirs. And that was die. That was die, that, Di. that was me. Um, man, I, I'm not going to lie. I love a lot of things in life. I love swinging a golf club. I love wheeling a race car. I love having two legs to walk on and oxygen to breathe. But brother, I'm not going to lie to you. There's not any of those things that I wouldn't give up in a heartbeat to have her sitting here on the couch beside me and Nellie and get another chance to turn on a wind light because there was nothing more enjoyable to see her smile, come down the return road and pick me up and see it. And she, and just see it, how much it being in her for what she put in versus what I put in versus my ownership group, my sponsors, man, we were all in and she was there pushing the boat just as much as I was.
2: Yeah what a what a touching and, and strong statement that was uh, just i mean it again just shows the the level of love that you guys had for one another and um certainly again if you could possibly make di's legacy seem any better you know that that summed it up pretty well but uh just an amazing individual, Don. Um, we can all only imagine uh, how difficult the following days were, and, and you know that difficulty still remains today. But just can't thank you enough for being willing to share this. I was, I was, as you know, a little bit skeptical about even asking you, and uh, it was around Charlotte, and it, we couldn't make it work. But you were very accommodating and more than willing to, to say, let's, you know, when you can schedule it, let's schedule it. And uh, hey. as, as heartbreaking as it is, Don, I, I couldn't wait to, to hear you talk about her just because, you know, she was such a polarizing individual in, in the world. Not just Don O'Neill, uh, and I don't mean that the wrong way, but the world lost someone truly special, and we need more like her. And uh just hearing you talk about her, man, is is inspiring. Seeing what you're doing on social media is inspiring. I know that there's a level of pain associated with that, Don, but don't underestimate the power that that what you're sharing has on those of us just you know looking in because it's. Is truly remarkable.
1: Well, Jed, brother, I, I mean, I appreciate it, and you. I have had a couple conversations and text messages between you and Luke and I, and and I, I guess you know, there's a silly. I call it silly, right? Because I don't think it's really true, but I feel like it. It does have some weight to it. But they say that you know, you die twice, right? Though the first time you leave the earth and your spirit leaves and the last time anybody ever mentions your name. And my biggest thing is, is that I don't want, I don't want her name to ever stop her spirit to ever stop impacting people. And when you talk about somebody that was 25 years old and in a wheelchair and taught herself how to walk again, and walked out on the starting line for for five wallies and changed rear end gears and changed converters and and was on the starting line for anything and everything that could ever happen and took care of two great daughters and just continued on through life even while she sat in a chair and received therapy knowing that we had less than a 20 percent chance of living Of making it longer than three years. And we legitimately made it three years. Uh, Those. That is the. You know that's the type of legacy. That I don't want to just. Ever fall out. I don't want people to. To give up. I want them to think about. What it is that takes. You know I cannot. Go back. Uh, I see it vividly every day. I think about it. You know it's. It's November. It's the first week of November in 2018. I'm trying to hold on to a top 10 in the world finish. We're at the, you know, at the family camp out and we're watching the TV and we're, we're holding on that we're, we're going to stay inside the top 10 because we want a, a silver card for the next year. And we're watching emphatically. And knowing that we have a new sponsor deal, we've got a new car coming. It's already at at the chassis shop. We're we're gonna unveil it at PRI. We have all these things, Jed, that are pushing. And she's sitting there, and we're watching, and we're watching these people in Vegas, and we're hearing, you know, we're hearing uh, Nate and Reinhardt, and we're hearing them talk, and we're counting points, and we're watching, and it's Saturday afternoon, it's three o'clock. And she walks out with an iPad and she holds it up to me. And across the screen, it says, I have cancer and it's melanoma. She can't speak it. It's typed on a screen. And here it is the whole entire time. All we're worried about is finishing top 10 in the world. We've got a great year. We're going to have a new car. We have a new combination. All these new sponsors that are involved. We have all these things going for us. And she can't speak the words to me that she has cancer. And Mm. it didn't matter. She sucked it up. She pushed forward. Nobody at PRI knew that she had stage four cancer. Nobody knew that she was going to have surgeries on our anniversary and on Christmas and on Valentine's Day to continue to try to have a life for her girls. That were still young had not graduated high school had their whole life ahead of them and she never quit just never quit at all never gave up we kept looking we kept trying to find research and opportunities and just anything we could come up with to try to extend her life for her for the girls And selfishly, I have no problem admitting it. But for myself, I didn't want to see my best friend leave. And that will never, ever leave my soul or my heart that she was, without a doubt, my best friend, my soulmate, my wife and my partner. And I can only hope that others out there will find their loved ones, their broken relationships whether they're strangled, tentuous, whatever, the, whatever adjective that you want to use, please go find your family. Please heal them. Please try. Give in. Whatever the case may be, life's too short. And to leave and lose, it's just not worth it. And uh, I appreciate tonight, you taking time out. Mark, Luke, everybody on the team, on the staff. I really appreciate it because I could talk for hours and she deserves it, but I appreciate you taking time out and let me talk about her.
2: Oh, great message, Don. Uh, we, we can't thank you enough for sharing it with us. Um, I think we all feel closer to you and we feel closer to, to Dye's, uh, legacy, uh, having, just heard this story and uh, really appreciate what you're doing. Um, you know, for those that uh, have heard me talk about your social media um, uh, posts and, and your consistent messages on there, uh, tell everybody how they can catch up to you via just your social media outreach. Yes,
1: yeah, it's uh, Don O'Neill at uh, at anything. Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Don O'Neill Racing. Uh, send me whatever. Um, I legitimately, uh, as I'm sitting here looking at my dog, uh, Penelope, uh, it's, you know, it's funny. We laugh. You know, when I met Dye, it's me and Snot. You know? Ten years ago, it was me and a pug. Uh, here it is. Fast forward ten years. Me and a pug. Um... And I'd be more than glad to help answer any questions, provide any sort of motivation uh, for die for anybody else for that matter on what they're going through would love it. Um, again, Jed, dude, I, I don't envy you cause I'm sure on the other end, asking the questions as I've been that individual, it's not an easy thing to do. Um, I think you and I did pretty good. We didn't get through it and sob and tear up a box of Kleenexes. So I think we did okay. Um, well, I, I did but, all uh, mine
2: on mute, Don, to be honest with you. So,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I had you on well, the spot, but I got to go mute and, uh, and take care of the, the waterworks here. So.
1: Well, you know, Jed, I appreciate that. And, again, you're, uh, it's it's her name, right? It's her legacy. I'm sitting here looking at the side of my my double doors on the trailer that she designed. I've got, uh, you know, a graphic wrap on the bottom of the door for, of all her pictures and just things that were significant to her. And as I look at it, I'm, you know, I mean, she's always there. And I just hope that people will just realize it doesn't matter how bad it is. Dig deep, push through and don't give up. And, uh, this is that was a woman that never gave up from age twenty five to age forty six uh she never gave up not one time, and uh, yeah. I hope others do the same
2: awesome man. Uh, great message again. We appreciate you very much, Don. Um, you're like everybody that's age eight and above these days. You got a podcast too uh tell people. <laughs> Tell people, <laughs> you know, everybody's got a podcast, man.
1: You so, said age
2: eight and above. Yeah, you know, <laughs> if you're older than eight, you got a podcast. Tell people, uh, tell people a little bit about your show and 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 what they, uh, well, where they can find it.
1: Oh, I and, and totally didn't didn't expect you to ask that question, but I appreciate it, Jed. Uh, yes, myself and uh, Cameron Foray, who is notorious for being the kid that got slapped by Steve Torrance. Uh, We have Racers and Rental Cars podcast where we talk about motorsports marketing. We have some pretty good guests, executives, uh, if you're interested in sponsorship and and the do's and the don'ts and the ins and the outs and the business side of it. uh, Listening to us on the Speed Sport Network as well as iTunes, Google, Spotify, uh, blah, blah, blah. We're on all those as well, just like Luke and Jed is. Uh, But, yes, we do have that show and and i'm grateful for that opportunity jed thank you very much
2: yes sir and for the listeners if you're looking for someone else to listen to those two guys are, are entrenched in racing at an extremely high level and a lot of insight and connections uh, through these two individuals so check out that podcast um, when you get through listening to the sportsman drag racing podcast of course when you're looking for
1: that <laughs> Absolutely. Do not uh, shortchange yourself, my friend. I appreciate you giving us that.
2: Yes, sir. I always need to get a good plug in for the guest. Don, thank Absolutely. you again. Appreciate you so much, bud. Uh, awesome story. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, I know that that it's got a lot of meaning to you, but again, never underestimate what it means to the rest of us to, to see her legacy still living through your your uh, post and, and what you're sharing out there. So thank you so much for the time, Don. Really appreciate it. Get back to racing up there. Do well at the Derby City 50K. Get that big check in that long dragster that you're racing. Have a good time. Enjoy yourself. And uh, hopefully we're talking about you being in the winter circle when we get back together and talk more sports and drag racing.
1: Jed, I appreciate it. Sir, do me a favor. Tell your son. Give him a hug for me. Tell him I said hello.
2: I will, my friend. Have yourself a great night, Don. You too, Chad. Thank you, sir. See you, bud.
0: I want to thank everybody for tuning in. To make sure that you're the first to know when next week's episode is available, subscribe. And and, and you can do that on Google Play. You can do that on iTunes. You can do that wherever you are accessing uh, our show today. Just subscribe. That way that you know that you have got the latest uh, edition of the podcast. You'll be the first to know. And do us a favor. Tell your friends about the podcast. Get your track involved by broadcasting portions of the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast over the PA on. Hi right,
2: guys, we want to talk to you about our great friends at Manscaped. Now they've just come out with the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. It's available now in the USA and Canada. And what makes this waterproof trimmer different from all the other trimmers, you ask? It's a 7,000 RPM trimmer. Now, guys, 7,000 RPMs. We love RPMs, and this is turning 7,000
0: of them. That's a well-tuned small-block Chevrolet.
2: Luke, Luke, I would love to mash the loud pedal on this Lawnmower 4.0, and I might do it after a while, as a matter of fact. And it features skin-safe technology, guys. This keeps your package in check, and it's helped reduce manscaping accidents around the world. Less trips to the emergency room if you get the 7,000 RPM Lawnmower 4.0. I love investing in the best new technology and advancement, and I'm blown away by the performance. But the craftsmanship and the details on the 4.0 are simply next level. Now, Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming, and their brand-new shaving tools are just dropped right in time for Father's Day. So do that father a favor, and even if somebody's about to be a father, just go ahead and get it out of the way. Go to Manscaped.com, put in promo code Jed, that's J-E-D, and you get 20% off with free shipping. That's 20% off with free shipping. Manscaped.com, use promo code Jed. It's dad bod season, and it's time to get smooth. Do that dad a favor, and go to Manscaped.com and get some product.
0: Hello, podcast listeners. I just wanted to extend an invitation to join me, along with five-time NHRA world champion, Justin Lamb, Wednesday night. That's Wednesday, June the 9th, but 8 o'clock Central Time. Come on over to um, Demio and join us. You can join us at this thisisbracketracing.com slash inside. Justin and I will be hosting our Inside Elite webinar. And it's called a webinar, but it's really just a discussion. Um, within it, we're going to... Our, our goal is to provide a a brief glimpse into what life is like inside our premier membership community. This is Bracket Racing Elite. And we're actually open for enrollment now uh, through the end of next week. But the the, the the cool part about this on your end is whether you end up um, joining This is Bracket Racing Elite or not, whether you're intrigued by the community or not, um, this is free, right? And we're going to dive into multiple subjects that we've kind of got pre-arranged plus we're going to have live q a for as long as you want to go right we're going to answer any questions that you may have about your racing program and and the intricacies and details of it um from you know a couple guys that have done it at a pretty high level for a long time so whether or not you end up joining our community which obviously we would love to have you i'm confident that you can take something away from this conversation and utilize it within your own racing. Again, join us Wednesday night, June the 9th, 8 o'clock Central Standard Time, and the link is thisisbracketracing.com slash inside. Reasons to use BTE tune-up services. Number one, quick turnaround time. You won't be out of commission for half the season while you're waiting on your parts. Number two, unparalleled customer service and responsive communication. Reason number three, all brands of parts are accepted. It's not like they just work on BTE parts. Number four, BTE offers freight shipping discounts. They are located in the shipping capital of the United States near Memphis, Tennessee. And number five, reason to use BTE tune-up services? Quality work from knowledgeable technicians helps your system achieve peak performance.